Bluff City Media presents the Two Buck Sports Show. Stepping up to the microphone are your hosts, Drew Gann and Rusty Witten. Now, let's get to the show. What's up, everybody? You know, this, I, I always queue up. This is the most jam-packed episode to date of the Two Buck Sports Show. Uncle Buck, this might actually be our most jammed and our most packed episode of the Two Buck Sports Show we've ever had. Yeah, Rusty, it is so jam-packed that I'm pretty sure you jumped the gun a little bit and didn't let that intro get totally finished. All I heard is the intro went off and you were just like, guys. <laughs> I'm just so excited, uh, yeah. man. Like, I'm we finally you. have some news, man. Let's yeah. go. <laughs> you know, we were, we're a once-a-week podcast, and uh, we we have a set schedule. We record on Thursday night. It publishes on Friday afternoons. And rarely do we get to talk about new news. Like we we're always talking about things that happened a few days ago. But Rusty, we have new news, and we're going to get into it in our second segment. But you know, we always start this off with just some lighthearted angst, you know, about yeah. what griped us and what made us happy this week. And so, um, I've got a lot to get to, Rusty. I'm going to let you get started with it here. Your Bucks best of the week. So for me, Drew, you know, my Bucks best of the week, I had a lot of good things happen this week. More details to come next week. Got a surprise announcement for our yeah. listeners next week. A little foreshadowing, yeah. a little tease, you know. Um, but I think my favorite thing, so I've spent the last, for those of you who don't know me all that well, uh, I spent the last six years living a tough life in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, right? Oh, it was a tough here we life. go. But somebody had to do it, right? So, you know, this is, what I've, this is what I'm going to start referring to. As the Alan Jackson paradox, yeah, you know I've talked about the Alan Jackson paradox before. Have you? It's my own little theory, my own little gripe about sure. how it, how it it's not right, how it's not right, how a six foot six country music singer can can get on a microphone and say it's all right to be little bitty. Like <laughs> I don't want to hear it from you. It's the same thing as rusty hat fishing. Like yeah. I don't want to hear about a six foot five dude who's going bald because nobody can see it. You know, right. it's it's. It's my way of first world prop, my way of saying first world problems. I don't appreciate Alan Jackson, who's six six, patting me on the head, saying it's okay to be a little bitty, <laughs> as if I'm a child. And all like you saying, uh, I've lived a hard life living in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, where it's, there's a beach within a walking distance. Yeah, my condo that I still own is currently 1.2 miles from the ocean as yeah. we speak. But yeah. so anyway. by all means. Please tell us how rough it is. Just wait till we get to the beef of the week. But anyway, <laughs> uh, my best of the week, I've moved back to the deep south. I'm back where my heart was, where I was, right. you know, raised and all that kind of stuff. God's country. That's it, man. God's time zone, God's country. Amen. And my best of the week is these little old southern ladies who come in for their physical therapy and bring me sweets, man. Like, oh, I'm not a big sweets guy. Like, I had popcorn just a little while ago. I'm much more of a salty, savory guy. But if this five foot nothing little old lady comes in yep. with a lemon pound cake with fresh blueberries oh, in it, gosh. or and you know it's made, always good when they say, "Oh, dude, uh, like, what's this called?" and it's always like, "It's a lemon surprise." It's like, oh, okay, yeah. She said, "All she said is, she said this is my lemon bunt cake," and I said, "I'm in." Oh, you yeah. know, we had a little old lady bring us some German chocolate cake brownies. Oh, like. When you're taking care of these little old ladies, like they, they appreciate you yeah. so much, man. And they're just like, I just want to shower you. You're with very gifts. grateful. So, right. I am I'll, very grateful. They are too. And they bring me sweets. My favorite story about this was when I was working in Magnolia 
in the outpatient clinic there in Corinth on, on, on South Harper Road across from the Dinner Bell. Both of y'all should sponsor no free this podcast. Shout outs. No free shout outs. Both of y'all should sponsor this podcast. I was getting yeah. there. Um, I had a lady in her, I was asking her during her eval, like, what are your hobbies? What do you like to do? She said, I, I like to bake and I mess, I make the best cheesecake you've ever had in your life. I said, I don't believe it. She said, I do too. Of course. I, said, I said, I don't believe it. She goes, well, I'll make you one. I said, okay. Play <laughs> so that she came, perfectly. She came back to her next appointment with a cherry, strawberry, and blueberry. And <clears throat> I'll PG it up. But she said, I know what you did, you little SOB. And it worked. <laughs> you know, and it's. It's, they were I the best it, cheesecakes for our listeners. They were the best cheesecakes I've ever had in my life. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's something that I hope does not age out of America or I'm sure. like, I hope it's not a lost art, the art of giving sweets because yeah. grandparents, grandmothers are the best. My grandma at her funeral, I had so many people just come up to me and just be like, she would just make me chocolate pie and she would yeah. just, you know, no prompting about it. Nothing. Just a normal day. It's like it wasn't mm -hmm. like, oh, sorry for your loss, chocolate pie, or a congratulations. It's just like mm -hmm. it's Tuesday, and I was thinking about you, chocolate yeah. pie. My grandma's the same way, and it's something that I hope does not age out of America. Like when that generation inevitably dies off in the next five years. You know, but I, I think <laughs> I think there's hope for that because I've recently met someone. She, a friend of mine, she our does like cross stitching. No, like, our she generation does just does. Yeah, our generation just does a uh, sourdough bread. <laughs> yeah, uh, a friend of mine, she does cross stitching, right? Like she does uh -huh. things that are like more old school, right? right. Like she makes yeah. pillows and stuff. Like Heavy's I feel like that. there's little pockets in this world that are still doing that. But I agree 100%. You know, one of my brother's good friends, you probably know him from Casu, Dustin Talley. His grandmother's not oh, doing yeah. real well. Dustin, we're thinking about you, buddy. Um, for Christmas, she decided kind of the same thing. She was much like your grandmother, Drew. She would just make mm -hmm. sweets for everybody for no right. reason. And so she's like, you know, like I've got cancer. I believe it's cancer. I'm not, I don't want to misspeak, but I think that's what it is. In anyway, she's not doing all that well. So for Christmas this past year, she just made a bunch of her famous desserts just to give away, just because right. she's like, I, I don't know that I'll be here next Christmas. And so my brother ended up with an Italian sweet cream cake that was divine. When I tell oh, you yeah. this thing was like, like this was manna from heaven. Clark was like, go right. by and get you a piece on the way back to Martin. I'm like, all right, I, I got me a hunk. I got back to Martin, had a piece. And I was like, you know what? I didn't get I enough. Turn around. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't get enough. <laughs> yeah, I that's that's me. That's such a uh, a sweet attribute about that. It's like it's almost like those people, ninety percent of them, especially here in the deep south of Mississippi, they came from nothing. They uh, they appreciate what they've got and they're willing, yeah. no matter how little they have, you're welcome to it. And it's something that I hope yeah. uh, my spoiled generation <laughs> does not right. lose track of because right. no matter how little my grandmother's had, you were always welcome to it. And uh, yeah, it's 100%. it's something so sweet, and it's something I have not thought about in a while. And sitting here talking about it, it I'm happy thinking about it. So yeah, so you're um, welcome in a roundabout way. So yeah. hit me hit me with your best of the week. Yeah, so my best of the week also made making me cry. So uh, as you're listening to this, Friday, February second, 2024, my daughter is two years old. My baby girl mm. turns. She was born it, the perfect time. <laughs> she was born on 2-2-2022. And so it's easy to remember, but my baby girl turns two. Uh, it's a great day. I can't wait just to sit around with her all day as if we don't do that every day. But it's just like <laughs> you you take a special intention about you on their birthday. And, uh, yeah, so she turns two tomorrow. My wife is already crying like crazy. 
Uh, <laughs> she's in the bed. She's like, she's sleeping with us tonight. <laughs> and in the middle of her work day today, she sends me like 25 pictures of her from birth to now. <laughs> Just like, look at how little she was. <laughs> and so my and baby girl. Yeah. She's also like 8.7 five months pregnant so there's some <laughs> yeah, emotions yeah. running high right oh, now yeah. yeah she is ripe for an overreaction <laughs> so uh yeah uh that's next stop next topic uh, <laughs> I'm, not, I'm gonna get myself in trouble here on my daughter's birthday uh, no 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 but yeah, that was my bad ba- that was my bad <laughs> yeah, baby, baby jenny is uh going to be two years old tomorrow and she's not but she's full-blown toddler now uh does nothing but walk around the house and singing 24 seven. She gets that from it. her mother. It's great. So, yeah. Um, you know, yeah, I had lunch with y'all last Sunday. We went to church, had lunch with y'all last Sunday. And she was just very much that toddler. That's like doing her own thing. I oh. can do it myself. I'm gonna eat this rice with a fork. Like just yeah. doing her thing. man. I'm, Love me some I'm Jenny. Tired, Drew, man. Love that girl. I'm tired of these beans. I'm going to dump it in the floor. Right. And then right. mama's like, why did you let her do that? And I was like, I can't stop her. It literally <laughs> happened. Like, in, mess. <laughs> yeah, she she spilled rice on the table that Uncle Buck is cleaning up. And then in like 0.1 seconds, the beans are in the floor. Like it just all happened in like one fell swoop. <laughs> you want to learn as a parent is you would rather have a lot of potential small messes. So it's better that she has a bowl of rice and then a separate sure. bowl of beans and then a separate bowl of fruit. Right. Uh, so if she, and if it's all in the same plate, it's one huge mess. If not, maybe you can you can quell the messes by a third or something every once in a while. Sure, because at that point you're running zone defense, right? Like you got two adults, three. You We're got adult, like you got two and a half. Like I'm sitting across yeah. the table, right? Like we got two and a half adults here. Like yeah. surely we can corral it a little bit. But yeah. I'm over here entertaining BB and stuff in my face. <laughs> there's still yeah. there's rice and beans everywhere. <laughs> it's like it's like a, a jack in the box. Everybody's just just trying their best to keep you know spinning that little uh spinning that little spinner there and yeah. you never know exactly when she's going to erupt and that's and it. it always surprises you that's it so, man. That's yeah my it. baby girl turns two my namesake uh jenny drew gan turns two years old tomorrow uh or today when you're listening to this so and uncle everybody buckets is, uncle buckets is driving down she told me uh on, on sunday she said uncle buckets birthday and i was like yes baby girl i will be there i am not missing that party i will drive Whatever distance it takes well, to be at you, your birthday you party. Did, you did fly in from South Carolina last year. Last so you year. really have no excuses anymore. I mean, so. right. I didn't miss the first one when I was 10 and a half hours away. I'm not missing right. the second one when so I'm two you hours are away. locked into a birthday party every year at this point. So mm-hmm. um, I'll go nowhere else you- I'd rather be. Yeah. I know, I know. We appreciate you. But there there is uh I'll go ahead and transition into my beef because it piggybacks sort of off what we were talking about. And um, so at that lunch on Sunday, um, we all eat lunch and and Buckets buys our meal. And I was like, that's a great, great move for Buckets, you know, stepping up. My beef is offering to buy the meal after I've already been really cheap in ordering my food. (laughs) 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 So... Listen to this. So I sit there I, every time we go to the restaurant. I sit my family down. I'm just like, listen, hey, we don't get paid till Wednesday, okay? So uh, we're drinking water. Uh, you're not getting the buffet because all you're going to get is rice and cheese. So you're getting right on order of kids' rice and cheese, okay? And I tell my other one, like, yeah, you're not going to eat the buffet. 
you're going to get what you're going <laughs> to, you know, you're going to get your taco or one taco. And, and baby girl, you're just getting a side order of rice and beans, okay? <laughs> and then we're all drinking water and being miserable. And then at the end, Rusty's like, oh, I got it. And I was like, well, dude, if you were buying, I would have <laughs> we'd, we'd lived lavishly. No, you, you, Rusty was not going to buy if we lived lavishly, okay? <laughs> That's why you wait to the end of dinner to pay. You just wait and see what happens. If everybody gets steak and lobster, you're like, you're on your own today, boys. But oh. we got all the side dishes. I'm like, you know what? I got this one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he got out of there. He fed six people for $27. <laughs> I don't know. No, it's it was, not that cheap. I know that. It wasn't that cheap, but it, it wasn't yeah. a lot more. This is yeah. this is Burnsville, Mississippi. It was relatively yeah. inexpensive. You know, my dad used to get so mad at my sister because – I am. I've realized that a lot of the aspects of my father growing up, I am, because I'm like, we're drinking waters. We're if you're going to go out to eat, you know, we can eat at home. So if you don't want to eat at home, you're going to eat within reason. And my sister, my baby sister, uh, would every time order the fifteen dollar meal, the fifteen dollar oh, yeah. entree every single time. She was getting. <laughs> if we were going to Japanese, we're all getting like chicken and fried rice, and she's getting steak and shrimp. Yeah. <laughs> every time and so yeah, it's man. it's really followed me into my adulthood listen I, i'm the same way when i go out to eat by myself i'm like it's just water i might have a beer right. but i'm getting like cheap stuff uh, the only time i i don't do that is i'm buying for other people <clears throat> or when i used to go on dates don't do that anymore but when i used to yeah. go on dates we splurge right. a little bit right you guys show off but anyway um yeah i hear you like again like that was, I, it was out of the goodness of my heart. If y'all order steak and lobster, I'd have paid for it. Anyway. But but I've sure. only got so much goodness. I've only got forty dollars worth of goodness. That's it. If it had been sixty bucks, you were out, man. Sorry, you're on your own. But like, trust me, if it had been sixty dollars worth, I would have left some kids at the washing dishes. Again, I'm a doctor, but I ain't that kind of doctor. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. So, oh, all man, right. So for me, um, I, I was telling Drew off air, I'm tired of sounding like an old man. Like I've had several comments about like just people being like, hey, man, like yeah. you sound super old on this show. Oh, yeah. and I'm like, it's I like am. grumpier old man over here. <laughs> Last night I was hanging out with some of my coworkers and they're a little bit younger than I am. And they were like, uh, Craig was like, yeah, you're like, what, 36? And one of the other girls goes, you're how old? And I was like, ma'am <laughs> like, I have a, excuse me <laughs> yeah like, like hey what in the world ask me how old i am at heart like yeah, these, I don't feel these knees are 27 okay no, the knee the knees aren't the heart is but the knees aren't three knee yeah. surgeries later they ain't 27 <laughs> but anyway so this is a but, but this is very much like a first world problem like i, I recognize that so Monday morning, I get up, I, I wake up early, I work out before work, because if I don't, I ain't going to do it. I get lazy in the evenings and come right. home, I want popcorn, I want to get my feet yeah. up. Like, if I don't do it first thing in the morning, it ain't happening. So I get up Monday morning, about 5.15, I'm in the bathroom getting ready, and I put my Apple Watch on, and I pull it to put it on, because I've got this little wrap, little band, and the daggum clasp comes off. Like, it just pops right off into my hand, and I was like, oh, no. I was like, I got to me, If that was me, I'd be like, oh, I guess I'm not supposed to work out today. <laughs> well, I still work. I worked out every morning this week, but none of them count, right? Because anybody who logs their workouts know if you can't log your workout, it doesn't count. That's my. Have I told you my uh, my uh, uh, my theory on calories? Uh. Uh-uh. If you don't pay for them, they don't count. <laughs> if it's That's a two. Fair. If in college, you know, if it was two for one margaritas, the second one has no calories. If no somebody's calories. buying your meal, no calories. <laughs> no <count>. calories. <laughs> well, anyway, I busted my watch on Monday and I ordered a new band, but Amazon is like, it'll be there Friday. And I'm like, crap, that's a whole week. And like, it's not a big deal when I'm working out, 
but in the clinic, like I feel like I feel naked. I don't have my watch on currently. I feel oh, naked yeah. without my watch, right? We can talk about the difference in naked and naked on a different episode, but I feel naked without my watch, right? Naked so is naked is just your you're taking a shower. Naked is you're doing something scandalous. So Louis Grizzard, R.I.P., famous comedian, made that fa- oh, yeah. made that famous by saying, "Don't naked bend over." Means- he said, naked says, means you ain't got no clothes on. But if you're naked, you ain't got no clothes on, and you're up to something. <laughs> yeah. uh, my dad had a Louis Grizzard book growing up, and so I just fun. I never read it. I just always saw the title. The title said, don't bend over in the garden, Grandma. Them taters got eyes. <laughs> I have no idea what it's about. <laughs> He's a, a great comedian. If you haven't heard him, look him up. We've completely derailed. Back oh, to my yeah. beef. Um, because we got we got a lot to cover tonight. But my Late beef night, real quick. Two bucks. I said, this is, this is, this is my bedtime. This is the witching hour. This is my bedtime hour. And so y'all get what you get. You get what you pay for in this episode. So here we are. Um, Anyway. So all week long, like I'm a physical therapist and I use timers. I'm like, Hey, we're going to do this for three minutes or I'll set a 10 minute timer. We'll take you off of that. Or, Hey, we'll do this for five minutes. And I've tapped my wrist probably 38 (laughs) times a day where I'm like, all right, we'll set a three minute like Like, there's not a timer there. And so then I'm like, again, it's the first world problem. having to grab my phone or computer or a time, like it's something else, but it's so like, like you get so habituated to it. Like it's it's at least 40 times a day. Look, I put, I put besmirched on Twitter this morning and then habituated in the show. Your boy's getting educated. (laughs) Yeah. Rusty has created a word. Welcome to the two bucks sports show. Everybody. Habituated Uh, is a word, man. Thank you very much. (laughs) No, it was so weird. You're talking about this and I relate to that because for, uh, for Christmas slash, uh, anniversary, my wife bought me this watch and it's Mm -hmm. not, I've worn an Apple watch for so long. That yeah. like my phone dings and I just assume it's somebody else's phone because my watch always buzzed <laughs> when I got yeah. a text message or something. It's like it's weird. It's because you're habituated to it. I'm habituated, man. <laughs> that's the that's the title of the episode right there. It's a word. <laughs> habituated. Yeah. Anyway, yes. Yeah, so yeah, like all week long I've been tap. I cannot wait to get the stupid watch bands tomorrow. I'm gonna pick them up for a head to Ripley because I'm tired of tapping my naked wrist looking for my timer. For sure. Yeah. So that's my beef of the week is habituated to something and it ain't there no more. <laughs> Make or become accustomed or used to something. So, Thank you very yeah, much. It's a word. I'll be here all week. I, Tip your I, bartenders. I digress. So, <laughs> uh, yeah. So that's our, uh, yeah. Yeah. So best we got a lot. Yeah. Yeah. We got a lot to cover. So those of you out there that have a steakhouse or a burger place or something, what a great segment for you to sponsor the Bucks best in beef. Of the week. But in the meantime, do us a favor. Go to bluffcitymedia.co, bluffcitymedia.co. Check us out. You can join as an insider. Uncle Buck teased this up this week. It's a fantastic thing that you can do. Now, as an insider, you get access to our Discord. Not only do you get access to our Discord that Uncle Buck and I are very active on, but we now have our own channel inside said Discord. You can ask us questions. We're going to do polls in there. We're going to post insider only content in there access to us that you don't get anywhere else like now you can be our friend and you can also be an insider with us on bluff city media so make sure you check us out bluff city bluff city media.co join it up it's five dollars a month you get unlimited access to us and all the other great shows on this network uncle buck they need to join right yeah and i'm going to tell you right now me and my wife are having a horrible time coming up with a middle name for our son and so hop in the discord and if you can uh, give us an idea that we agree upon and we choose it, you'll get a free T-shirt. 
<laughs> hey, there we go. <laughs> Get in there the Discord. Go. Give me uh, baby names. Uh, it's got to go with Banks. His name will be Banks. Uh, first name. Pref- uh, so uh, Banks will preferably be his first name. But if we can only mm-hmm. find something that makes that makes sense as a middle name, then okay. But we're looking at Banks. Yeah, uh, listen, man. So we're, I'm filling the I'm blank. Gonna, yeah. I'm going to hop in there and put Russell, Rusty, and Craig because one of them's getting picked after Uncle Buckus. No, they're not. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Unfortunately, it would be more likely to name me uh, uh, Banks Buckets. Hey, now we're talking. Banks Rusty. There it is. All right, guys. We'll see you on the other side of this commercial break. Uh, We've got a lot of Grizz content to talk about, but help Uncle Buck pick a middle name. Not just the level of individual talent that mm-hmm. he plays with, but it's also the, the level of his mind. We haven't gotten cross-court open shot this year. Right. We haven't seen that pass a lot. Number one, you got to respect him going to the basket. There's a roller. I got to watch the roller. Uh, he has the mind to be able to say, I see all of that. Now I see this guy over here. I'm going to get him this open shot. How shifty he is to always be going forward. It's usually side to side. Yeah. His dribble moves are side to side, but going forward. Right. Which is very hard to defend. I just want to get you, as many times can I get you to do this? But for him, it's not here. It is here, which is with right, right, right. are his moves to get down the floor. It's awkward for a defender mm-hmm. to try to catch a cadence. Just you dribble. <clears throat> so now what I do is now when you go put that ball down, I'm going for it. But with him, there's no, I, it's hard for my cadence. But... Uh, right. What's my cadence for you? Mm-hmm. I don't I don't know yeah. what it is. Tune in to the Anthony Sane Show Wednesdays and Fridays at 12 p.m. weekly on the Bluff City Media YouTube channel. Who do you need to step it up? Outside of David Jones, I think David Jones is David Jones. I don't think you need him to step it up because he's been performing. Yeah, like I, he's David Jones. Like outside of him, he's fine. I think Quinterly needs to play better. In what way? Like, I mean, he's facilitating the ball well. I mean, what do you like? I don't to a, to a twelve from the field's not cutting it. It's not. It's not great. It's not great. And I don't need a runner three from the top of the key with three and a half seconds left. Is Virginia the game where Jordan Brown is going to cook? Those dudes aren't looking to run the ball. Cook what, dude? I thought he was going to have a freaking night. He came out with that fresh cut, mm. lined up. Mm. And then literally within the first 15 seconds, missed a wide open layup. Yeah. And then picked yeah. up two fouls right away. I feel real lied to because I thought we were getting a 20 and 10 guy. I didn't think it did anything for you. Well, I, I, think mean, I think we all, we all thought we were getting a 20 and 10 guy. And we are getting that in David Jones. I'm not even getting 20 or 10 minutes out of the guy. Tune in to Tigers Untapped with TJ Willis and Trey Lasley every Wednesday at 3 p.m. on the Bluff City Media YouTube channel. Welcome back, everybody. This is going to be a jam-packed segment, so buckle up because we finally have not only one piece of news, we have two pieces of news that dropped about the Memphis Grizzlies today. So we'll start with the first, and to me, the most nostalgic. Like, I've spent the last two days on my lunch break in my feels that I wasn't planning to be uh, because one of the original core four members, a pillar of this franchise, he walked so the new era could run, Mark Gasol is going to have his 33 hung in the rafters. And so Drew and I this morning, Drew messaged me the PR release and immediately said, like I said, we've got to go because we were there when Zebo got his number retired. We immediately hopped on Ticketmaster and got four tickets for Drew and Haley, me and TBD. 
Um, but uh, we got tickets to Can't be there to for it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but I got we, I got an extra ticket for somebody out there. Hop in the Discord if you want to go with me. Let me know. Highest bidder wins. <laughs> Bidding starts at fifty dollars. That's it. Fifty bucks. Nobody's going to go? pay that. Nobody's going to pay fifty bucks to hang out with me. Absolutely not. But. Uh, but yeah, man, like we've got so many memories of Drew and I going to games together. We've watched him on TV. I, I wrote an article for Grizzly Bear Blues this morning. Shout out to Mark and them giving me that opportunity yeah, just about out, what everybody. he, yeah, it's at buffcitymedia.co. Again, you can see it there. It's one of the featured articles. Uh, Mark to me, Drew is like, I, I grew up a Grizz fan. I, I, I'll kind of, kind of hog it for a minute and then I'll shut up and let you yeah, talk. But I was originally a Vancouver Grizz fan because of one Bryant Reeves was a huge big. I'm a I'm a big lunky white guy that played the post in middle school and early high school, so I can connect with those guys, right? Bryant yeah. Reeves and then Marcus All when he came in, he was in Lausanne Collegiate School, played some overseas before he got traded. Actually, today, in, right. you know, 16 years ago today, became a Memphis Grizzly, <clears throat> and I just like I followed the team from Vancouver. When they came to Memphis, like the greatest day of my middle school life, right? Like, or actually, right. as a freshman in high school in two thousand one. Wow, um, I was in fourth grade. <laughs> nah, shut up, man! God, I knew that was coming. God bless. I just had that moment. Like, here's my moment of being old. Welcome to the Two Bucks Sports Show. Um, but watching Memphis move, the Grizzlies move from Vancouver to Memphis was one of the best days of my life because the team that I root for is now in my backyard, right. and so right. grew up going to games at the Pyramid, and then started going to games at the Forum, and it really came to life for me when Mark got here, right? When Mark came right. in and then he joined his his 2007 draft classmate, Mike Conley, to form half of the core four that ultimately would be the two of them plus Zebo and, and TA. But Mark really <clears throat> revitalized the Grizz, not only for me, but for a, a large seg segment of the Mid-South, right? Like he was kind of the driving force behind that because nobody could take over a game. San Zebo, nobody could take over a game like Mark Gasol could from an offensive or defensive standpoint. You know, I talked about this in the article. Like I can remember we ultimately lost the game, but I'm falling asleep watching the Grizz. Like we're going to get beat. We're down three and to the Spurs and – Mark dribbles through the through some trees, gets around Tim Duncan, and banks in a three from half court. And all of a sudden, I'm awake and I'm oh, all yeah. in. Right? Yeah, that was an we, incredible game. Overtime. We ultimately yeah. lost triple overtime. We lost in triple overtime, yeah. but won and over. He, you know, he won a game against the Spurs in overtime in the playoffs. Yeah. You know, Mark was a big reason we went to the Western Conference Finals. You know, Mark, Big Spain. When he was dominant, he was truly the Wendingo of the Native American folklore. Just like. Yeah, that's a deep nickname there, man. Yeah, man. Like, he was just this, like, he had this alter ego that when he would turn it on, and, you know, I complained about, about him on Twitter a lot. I was looking through some old tweets today about Mark and just, like, wanting him to be more aggressive. But when he was, offensively, yeah, defense was never an issue. Right. But when he was aggressive on offense, he was a walking bucket, man. Just that mid-range, like, elbow shot was just lethal. And so – I'm just going to be honest with you. You know, again, Uncle Buck and I have tickets for April the 6th. I'm going to be there. I'm going to be in my fields. Uh, yeah. You know, I'm going to have some water in me that night. So I'm sure I'll be real nostalgic and just making like, I'm going to be in my fields watching Mark and, and these guys on the court just celebrating a guy that really set this franchise up for success, right? He, he mentored Triple, you know, Triple J and really has been just a good guy pillar for the community as well not only memphis but basketball at large and so shout out to one of my favorite players marcus all you know thank you for what you did for us man and again check out my article on grizzly bear blues to see what exactly he meant to the franchise as the most decorated player in our history
Yeah, I mean, you summed it up really well, Buckets. Uh, when I started being a Grizzlies fan, it was the core four era. You know, I I graduated high school in 11. I think it's probably about the time I started uh, really watching the Grizzlies. And now I watched the NBA as a whole. I was a real big Steve Nash fan back in the day. Uh, about the time he got traded to the Lakers and I said, I'm done with you, it was about the time I, I jumped over to the Grizzlies. And I've been here ever since. Um but yeah, he was always a member of that those teams growing up, and he was. It was frustrating because, uh, you know, you did have those times where it was like, "Hey, man, just be the guy." But there was one thing about Marcus Hall you could always count on, and is that he was always locked in. He was. He always was. You know, Mike Conley was the or was the conductor is what they call it. Mark yeah. was always equally that to this team. He was the he, heart and soul. He was. He was the the. Uh, he was the organized teammate. He got that, you know, he was such a Euro basket kind of basketball player. He was so, so smart. Cerebral, so he, smart. He knew what you were doing before you knew what you were doing, and it came to fruition so many times on the defensive end to the point to where he was the NBA Defensive Player of the Year in 2013, I believe. The 12-13 season, he was the first yeah. European-born Defensive Player of the Year, which is a big deal. Oh, nice. I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. But he was just so instrumental to that team. He was the backbone. He was the back line of defense. He was mm-hmm. he was the scorer if you needed him. But then he was always so eager to to get better scores, better looks. He was never yeah. willing to, to beat the guy to step up. He was always like, okay, I'm going to – I will pass up this decent shot for an amazing – shot by uh, a cutting TA or Zebo on the block or a Mike wide open three. Like he was just such a smart player and he was the kind of player that elevated everybody else around him. He was a true point guard down low because of how 100%. smart he played the game. My favorite memory of Zebo and you talked about the the two buzzer beaters, one to force it to overtime against San Antonio, the other one to win it against San Antonio, both of those in the playoffs. The one that I can remember to my dying day was staying up late at my parents' house upstairs in our game room, and uh, it was a 9.30 tip against the Clippers, and it was like the fierce rivalry. Of the, I mean, mm, it was the, the, the heat uh, yeah. of of the Flop City Clippers, and he he drained that corner three mm-hmm. with just seconds to yeah, go. And he gets, man. Connor McGregor million dollar strut and I, I I can see myself from above like mm-hmm. it, in memory strut, stomping jumping and then strutting across right in front of the TV just mimicking Mark Gasol in my parents uh, game room it was yeah. that's my favorite memory of Mark because yeah. when, when he did it he wasn't he wasn't like Manu Ginobili. Like I don't remember any time Manu Ginobili or Tony Parker, these other European greats, ever having much swagger. But yeah. Mark, when he hit it. He would have that swagger, and he'd have that that umph about him. And when he hit yeah. that shot in L.A. against the Clippers in a regular season game and hit that million dollar shot, <laughs> I, I was fit to be tied. Man, I was about to jump out yeah. the window. Like I still, I, I still hate those Clippers. All. Yeah. I actually shout out Zach Jones, friend of the podcast show. I have that bobblehead, well, bobble arm, I guess, that he got for me as a giveaway because yeah. I couldn't make the game. I was and there. So I, 
yeah, yeah. you and Zach and it was a, uh-huh. maybe Patrick, like it was a group of y'all that went. Yeah. I couldn't go for whatever reason. And he the, met me. one of the arms came off in transit one time when I it was did. Yeah, it did. Um, uh, but I have since super glued it back on. It's on my cart at work. Uh, Mark is forever strutting on my cart at work. Oh, yeah. Um, and I bought Zach Don Julio, uh, for getting it for me, but <laughs> yeah, uh, but I, yeah uh, man, like Mark is just such a pivotal reason why we are the grizz of who we are today right like he paved the way and so he absolutely needs his number hung up there beside zebo you know again we were right there when that record got hung 33 belongs up there as does 9 and 11 and that's coming in the future but like to see to see what he because like he not like mark is different than even mike and tony and zach like mark is memphis right because he came he 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 finished high school in memphis because powell was a grizz um, at Lausanne Collegiate School there. Memphis knew him as Powell's little brother before they right. knew him as, as Big Spain. Right. Exactly. And so then, like, now the infamous trade that sent Powell to the Lakers where he won multiple championships with Kobe and Mark came to Memphis and, like, there's a there's a famous rant of Stephen A. on ESPN because Kwame Brown was also in that trade and just went off on Kwame Brown for being soft and out of touch right. and all this stuff. And then, like, even, like, I, I remember that trade just being, like, we got the fat younger brother. And then yeah. to watch the, I mean, morph, Mark the, was, the morphosis from that to Big Spain was something of legend. Yeah, and let's not pretend that when Mark got traded here that he was anything other than a piece because he was drafted yeah. in the second round, pick 48, 47. 48. Or 48. If 47. You think of, yeah, 47. Yeah. You're right. Sorry. Okay. Don't correct me. Don't come at me. My bad. My bad. Back my off. Bad. I just looked this up. Five <laughs> ago, I didn't know. <laughs> <laughs> it's in my, I'm looking at my article right now and I even wrote 47. <laughs> okay. Uh, but yeah. And so, and for him to, he kind of bootstrapped his way up to the league. You know, he was, you know, his name, his last name may have been recognized, but he was not a sure thing. Mm-hmm. Powell was the fourth pick of the third pick of the draft, right. you know? Yeah. Uh, Mark was not that, and he really bootstrapped and got himself into shape and really became exact the yin, him and Mike, the thing that made them so important is they were the yin to the neuroticism of T.A. and Zebo. <laughs> like, you had yeah. to have a little of both. And right. uh, it was it was the... It was the yin and yang that uh, that made the the city fall in yeah. love with them, and it's the thing that the core four. What's not talked about enough, and the reason why their numbers are going in the rafters, is because of what they meant to the city of Memphis as well. All yeah. four of them really, really hunkered down here, got real involved in the city, and it's and it's something that, you know, I guarantee you, Mark Gasol, Mike Conley, Tony Allen, and Zebo will have a house in Memphis until they die. You know, right. it's it's the it's the buy-in they had with the city that makes them special. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I could not be more proud. I mean, it's the it is the game this year that it's like, all right, that circled, you know, two years ago before the legal troubles happened. You know, I bought 10 game passes for Grizzlies game so that I could get to see right. the Tony Allen jersey retirement. And then we made mm-hmm. a special trip to see the the Zach Randolph jersey retirement. Mm-hmm. So um and side note put their jerseys in the rafters i hate those records yeah, i hate i, I mean i get i, I get the connection to the city but i agree no, man. but Hang i want those to see the white grizzlies yeah. jerseys hanging yeah. in the rafters don't 50 33 9 and 11 put them jokers up there and i love memphis and i love the music scene in memphis and i, sure. I understand the significance of that within sure. memphis you can't take one without the other however they are 
basketball players that retired right. playing basketball, uh, put a jersey up there. I want to see that, agree more. the jersey. I want to see the you know, 50 on a white jersey. I want to see the 33 and the 9 and the 11 on a white jersey. Yeah, you know. Call I, me old-fashioned. No, no, I hear you, man. Like, and I kind of put a bone over this. Like, Mark was our first all-star, and he made right. the game three times. He was our first all-time all-star starter. <clears throat> he was our first postseason award winner with the DPOI in the 12-13 season. He leads the franchise in so many things from minutes played, offensive, defensive, total rebounds, free throws made. He's, you know, top two in so many categories. But the thing that makes Mark Memphis is like what you talked about, Drew. He's a bootstraps player. Zebo famously said, it's a blue-collar city, I'm a blue-collar player. Mark is the same way. Mark had a grind, right? Because when he got here, it wasn't with a lot of pomp and circumstance. 47th pick of the draft, Powell's younger brother, trade fodder to get Powell to, to L.A. to create these runs that Kobe and them went on. But to watch that development, to watch him grow with the city is a perfect embodiment of, embodiment of what Memphis is. Blue-collar, counted out, discounted, but rising from the ashes. So shout out Big Spain. Super excited to watch 33 go up on a record, hopefully one day on a jersey like Uncle Buck said. <clears throat> but really stoked to see Mark get the due that that he is owed. So if you're a Grizz fan, young or old, new, especially like if you're like Drew and I, you're kind of some of the old hats that have been fans for a while, bring a new fan so they can appreciate who paved the way for Trip and Ja. You know, right? Because like when Mike's retired, like that'll be kind of the jaw connection. This is the Jaron connection, yeah. right? Like it's like Mark is the reason we have Jaron because he took Jaron under his wing in his first couple of years in, in, in the season. And Drew, like I got to see Mark's last game as a Grizz. They played at Charlotte and my ex and I went over there and watched the game and and the Grizz won, but it felt like it, like he didn't play a ton that night. He played a few minutes and they pulled him early because it like it was done, right? He was he was being traded. Ultimately went to right. Toronto and won a championship. And then we got drunk Could not have been the parade, which is yeah. one of my favorite things. I mean, the guy got grit and grind engraved on his championship ring. Like he loves right. Memphis, and obviously his time in Memphis meant more to him than just a basketball career. Um, couldn't happen to a nicer guy. Couldn't have a better representative of our organization, and I will be forever grateful to Marcus Gasol for what he meant to this franchise and to the city. Yeah, he finished. He uh, he will. He is number two in points for the franchise. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, he finishes behind Mike Conley by forty nine points, yeah. and so uh, yeah, could not be happier to be able to see Marcus Gasol's jersey yeah. get retired at fedex forum in april and mike conley is on a has an off day that day and so hopefully that he can get in uh, it's gonna be tough because a, will be there it, mike's on a west coast trip because they're playing like sacramento la portland and it's like an off day in there so it'll, it, it'll be tough but captain clutch if you're listening to this man come on man get back be there for mark that's it man that three salute i'll like Anytime somebody shoots the three, I still do that thinking about Mike. But um, get back, man. It'll be a great ceremony. Like, we got to see two-thirds of 3-6 Mafia when they were retired Zebos. I don't know what they <laughs> yeah. got planned, you know, because yeah. Juicy J wasn't there. They're, they're, they're on the right. outs. But anyway, um, speaking of that game, like, I want to drop this little nugget in real quick before we get into the trade because it feels like an appropriate time. April the 6th, we're playing the Sixers, right? We've got Joel Embiid, 
who has been ducking Jokic for the last several years, which shout out Mark and Luke and the Daily Grind, another show on this network you need to listen to. They called Mark like a mini Jokic today. And that's a very appropriate, right? Like Jokic is very, very elite, but Mark was right. kind of in that same vein as a right. facilitator in that high post position. Yeah. Anyway. Super Mark Gasol is what Jokic right. is. But I saw this great stat. Shout out to Wade, one of my coworkers, Wade Moran. He's a he's a he's a tech that works with me here in Martin, Tennessee. Brought this to my attention today uh on Instagram. Drew, Ryan Howard, not of office fame. Okay. But the former uh, BJ Philly, Novak. Not yeah. BJ Novak. The former yeah. Phillies first baseman, Ryan Howard, <clears throat> has been retired from professional baseball since 2016. Okay. But Ryan Howard has played more games in Denver, in Colorado, than Joel Embiid has since 2016. Ryan Howard played three games in 2016 as a first baseman for the <laughs> Philadelphia Phillies. Joel Embiid has played two games since 2016 in Colorado. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I mean, I'm all for making yourself look good. <laughs> but I mean, if you scared, I was a Phillies fan, scared. I mean, Phillies, if I was a Sixers fan, you know, I'd be – you know, you it, want to win those games, and you know it's an East-West cross cross conference sure. matchup. But I'm sure know. there's there's reasons. But like, if you're scared, say no, you're scared. I know, dude. I know what the reason is, and it's because he don't want to play, him. and no. it, it'd be a terrible matchup. For oh him. my god, uh, he get pumped. <laughs> but um, uh, that he, is an amazing stat, though. That uh, Ryan Howard, who has not played Major League Baseball since 2016, has played more games in Denver. Than Joel Embiid has. This is an amazing stat. Yeah. So shout out to to Instagram for bringing that up on the algorithm. But yes. Drew, yeah, we need to talk about the big news of the day. We had a trade, and so Drew and I were a big fan of Stephen Adams' stats on this podcast. We shouted him out many times. We've sent him some DMs to try and get him on this podcast. If you're on Twitter, it's at Funaki Stats. F U N K A I Stats. I don't know if I said that right, but close enough. N A K I. Yeah, F-U-N-A-K-I stats, Funaki stats. Check them out. You're to think if we did any research at all, we could get this. But. Right. But like he, she, they, them, they they tweeted out today that they're going to stick around. They don't know what it's going to look like, but they're going to stick around as a Grizz fan while they follow Steven Adams to Houston. He did. They did say they're going to have to delete some Dylan Brooks tweets, which I thought was funny. Yeah. But shout out Funaki stats. But yes, so the one big Kiwi, a.k.a. Aquaman, was dealt today for Victor Oladipo and a pick in the 2024 and the 2025 draft. Drew, there's a lot of moving parts in here. I don't know that the Grizzlies are done. Let's get your take on it. I've talked a lot tonight. What are your thought, initial thoughts, initial like gut reaction to the trade and what it means for the team, Big Steve? Yeah, so it's tricky. You know, I kind of always try to uh, not be emotional when it comes to this time of year and try to think about big picture stuff. And there's a lot of things about trading Steven Adams that make sense. Uh, things we've talked about on this show before. Uh, but my first reaction was like, dang, man. Like, yeah. I love Steven Adams. He is one of the – it's the most heel turn of heel turns for me from hating him to loving him. Like, I, can't, I, I would take dude. a bullet for Steven Adams now. Yeah. And his last – year his last season in memphis has not been what he wanted or the grizzlies wanted or anything dealing with what he's dealt with with injuries and you know there's there's some stuff behind the scenes there that uh i'm sure may get talked about in the future but he was not happy with how his injury was handled fans were not happy with how his injuries were handled and it just became an inevitable 
this season as you see guys like Vince Williams Jr. get a contract and then wanting to get Gigi Jackson a contract and then thinking about having picking up Kennard's option possibly because he's been playing really good. And if you're paying these guys in the middle of the season and then you're looking at you know a possible Luke Kennard, possible trade for this person, this person, you've really got to shed some money and because uh, you're really skirting that second apron that they en- enacted this year. Uh, and so it, it makes a lot of sense. Uh, but my first reaction, Rusty, was just like, dang. Like, I hate having not having that guy in our corner because everybody wants to have their goon, you know, right. their, you know, to, to use the hockey term, you know, that mm-hmm. guy that's always going to back them up, that always does the little stuff, the hard stuff that, you know, not every player is built to set screens all night. And right. not, and if they are, they don't always want to. He's a guy that accepted his role. He was an amazing passer. He was an amazing screener. He was an amazing rebounder. And there's just the the players in the NBA that are willing to let that be their role and to excel at it are so yeah. few and far between. He will be missed. Uh, regarding the trade in particular, what you got back was the skeleton of Victor Oladipo, who will not play as a Grizzly. He will not show up in Memphis. This is a Carmelo Anthony situation. Yep. You know, um, he's just not coming to Memphis. He hasn't played for Houston. I was surprised that he was at Houston right, uh, on their books uh, yeah. because I didn't know he was at Houston. Um, <laughs> but then they got three second-round picks. Uh, my second thought was like, that's all you get? You know, uh, you got to disagree. Uh, but let me, I'm just going through my thought process. Sure, uh, sure, sure. My bad. It's like, you know, you've got somebody that, as a Grizzlies fan, you value so highly as a player, as a, you know, you don't think about him as an asset. And so it's the same thing we talked about you know, and we were wrong about. You know, you trade Jonas Valanciunas and all you get back is Steven Adams. And, right. You know, a slightly better pick in the first round. Uh, turns out we were wrong about that. Wish we would have picked somebody else at number 10. But, you know, that's a different conversation. You know, yeah. what you what you got back in Stephen Adams was worth it, you know? Yeah. Um, and so, you know, where I landed at the end was that the Grizzlies front office always uses second-round picks extremely efficiently. They mm-hmm. they always package them together to move up higher in the second round to, to try to get somebody in that 31 to 35 range that they know – can play or pack them together and get to 30, which they've done twice with Brandon mm-hmm. Clark and uh, Desmond Bain to Desmond get up Bain. to 30. Uh, I'm sorry, not uh, 30 was Santi Aldama and Desmond Bain. Right. Uh, and so I trust them. I, they know what they're doing. They're really good with maneuvering this. I think they, they value those second round picks much higher than the <sighs> normal schmuck who has a sports show that records on Thursday nights. Right. So here's my thoughts. Like, kind of the same thing. Like, I'm going to miss Big Kiwi because he was our goon. Like you said, I hated right. him in OKC, but he became a Grizz. He became very lovable. Those tap out offensive rebounds. I really want to root for him, but he went to go play with Dylan Brooks. Oh, man. <laughs> like, I know. I know. But like, watching him develop 
into what he was. And I, I mean, forever will be etched in my mind the night that Dylan and Shannon Sharp and T got into it. And Shannon was talking big in his, in his cardigan until Steve-O walked over there. And all of a sudden Shannon wasn't so big no more. <laughs> <laughs> it's the only time I've ever seen Steven Adams pull his hair out of the bun. Right. Like he was going to throw some hands and Shannon yeah. Sharp wanted none of that smoke. He yeah. was ducking that, all that smoke. <laughs> that and Tony Bradley, him carrying a seven foot yes. Tony Bradley away from John Moran. <laughs> I mean, yeah. love me some Steedham Adams for yeah. that. But, like, Drew, we've hit on second-round picks. So if we keep these second-round picks, like, we've hit on those much better than we have on lottery, not, you know, Trip and yeah. Ja notwithstanding. Right. But we took in picks for this year as well as next year. Right. Also, Two for last 24, night, one for 25. Right. Also, as you're listening to this, last night, X was warming up and going to contribute uh, significantly last night. We but all of a sudden, during pregame warmups, the Grizzly PR releases no. and he's out it, with or no no, sorry, it was uh it was during the game. He is no, not no. it was at the first it was during warm-ups at tip off. He was ready to play, and all of a sudden he's got knee soreness and he's not playing. Yeah. Uh, faithful listeners, those who don't know sports all that well, when that happens, that means somebody made a phone call and said, Hey yeah. man. Is X available? Because you don't want him to get hurt in some freak accident injury. And so what that tells me is that people are still kicking the tires. We are not done. There's a lot that can be done here. Drew, I think we may still, like, our lottery pick is still well within, you know, keeping. And there are guys like Kyle, uh, Kyle Filipowski from Duke is a big seven-foot center. You know, there are guys that we can make moves for. Donovan Klingen from, from UConn is another name that I've seen come up today. But, like, I don't know that we're going to make a draft pick. Our championship window, my thought on this, our championship window is 25-26, right? Because that's right before we're going to owe a bunch of money on Ja and Dez. And how we got Jaron on this team-friendly deal, it still blows my mind. But we're going to owe Ja and Dez a ton of money. And so our championship window is around that 25-26 season. So a project center like Filipowski sounds good. Real quick, I'm almost done. Like, sounds Uh good. But when you've got guys like Nick Claxton and maybe Clint Capella – Maybe these other bigs that could be these guys that come in. Like, again, I am pro Wendell Carter Jr. Go get that dude out of Orlando, man. He He's like the in-between Steven and Jaron. These picks tell me that we're not done. X being pulled tells me we're not done. I think Luke's going to be a Grizz next year and for many years to come. He's also owed $14.8 million. And if we move him as well, that frees up a lot of money to go get a big that can contribute for years to come. So faithful right. Grizz fans, we're not done. It may not happen now leading up the trade deadline. It might. Like by the time this drops, we might have a Nick, Nick Claxton or somebody like that or a Nas Reed, which is like, whoo, Lord, if we got Nas Reed. But yeah. like, it's just be prepared that we're not – I know, but we're not done. Like something's going to happen. It may not be before February the 8th and the trade deadline. It might be the, the week of or the night of the draft. But fear not, we are not done. By getting these picks, things are coming, things are happening. As you said, Oladipo will never wear Beale Street Blue, um, but there are moves to be made. And this is a great value for Steve-O because, Drew, he may not play again. There's a real possibility that, I mean, he could retire. Like, if this knee doesn't come back as normal and PCL injuries are weird, they're not as bad as ACL, but he's also an older guy, he's a big, there can be some complications with that. Three second-round picks is a pretty good haul for a player who may or may not have a future in the NBA. Yeah, I uh, I tend to lean the other way on Steven Adams. I think he'll play again. His his game is not, I don't want to say athletic, but it's he's not like a high flyer. You know? He's but, not like BC. He doesn't have yeah, to have bounce. Yeah. 
Sure. Yeah. So uh, I was looking at the tankathon here. Right now, the Grizzlies have the seventh worst record in the NBA at 18 and 30, 12 games below 500 here. Uh, they currently own a 32% chance at a top four pick, roughly a one in three shot at a top four pick, and a seven and a half percent chance at the number one pick. Uh, however, I just I don't know that I don't know how that sticks. Uh, I don't yeah. I don't really know what the teams above uh, above them in the lottery that is, which below them in standings. Uh, I don't think any of them are getting any better. That's uh, Detroit, Washington, Chicago, Charlotte, Portland. Toronto, and I don't see the teams below them really being awful. And that's going to be Brooklyn, maybe Brooklyn, Atlanta, Golden State, maybe. Houston, Chicago, Utah. Um, and so I think you're kind of stuck here in this six to eight range, is what I'm thinking. And mm-hmm. so that's probably what you're looking at, as uh, regardless of how well the Grizzlies play. I just don't think they're going to be as bad as the teams above them or as good as the teams below them. So uh, it's interesting to see. I don't really know uh, what they're going to do with it. I do agree with you. Uh, this is a move to make a move. Uh, I just This is step one. See, yeah. I don't – I'm not going to go as far as to say as the final move that they make, if they get what they want. I don't know that it's going to be that huge move. I think mm. it's going to be a lot of uh, getting pieces because – don't let Grizzlies fans don't forget what you've got over there in street clothes. You still smart. got John Morant. You've still Holy got smart. Desmond Bain. You got Marcus Smart all in street clothes. Now you've got an obvious big situation here. Yeah. Uh, whereas you don't have any help coming in. So you're going to need to get a big somewhere. If it is Kyle Filipowski at Duke, you know, if this was a Chris Wallace run team, you could just write it in pen. There's a big white guy from Duke. Uh, but. You was know, he I, a, I a McDonald's All American? Yeah. Yes, drafting. Yeah. yeah, and so uh, it's. I'm curious to see what they do here. Uh, February the eighth, right, is trade Thanks. deadline. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it just got ex- exponentially more intriguing for me, and I right. was intrigued before. Uh, Bluff City Media, with... quick plug here. Yeah. Bluff City Media will be Heck doing yeah. a uh, trade deadline show all day long. Basically, I think I saw a ten to, 10 to four. four. Mm-hmm. on YouTube, Bluff City Media YouTube page. Check that out on February the 8th for your uh, for your, uh, trade deadline needs. So, yeah, Russell, yeah. take over. Yeah, man, like, I, I, again, like we've, we've kind of, you know, nailed it to the floor. Like, something else is going to happen. I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if we, you know, again, X getting pulled tonight kind of makes my spotty senses tingle a little bit, but I wouldn't be surprised if we ran with some combination of Ja, or excuse me, Jaron, John, not at the five. Trip at the five, Santi, X, David Roddy on like extreme circumstances, which he was awful against the Cavs last night. But anyway, he's still young though. He's, I'm, I'm still, so, I'm like, still I know y'all are, I'm still, I'm in. not, man. I move that dude. He he does not need to be a Grizz next year. And neither I mean, does Arabia or Zaire. I'm not like, nailing him. Out of here. I'm not yeah. nailing him to the floor, but he is head and shoulders above. I mean, he, he is, I'd rather have him than a lot of people. No, dude, get Roddy out of here. That dude's a bum. He's a six four, six four senior uh, center. I've never, I've never been, been a Roddy absolutely, fan. And you've been absolutely wrong before. Was I though? Old, because old he's Roddy. not, he's not an NBA player. Yeah, he had a, he, he had a is. streak after I said that. He is not. You're an picking NBA the player, wrong dude. heel to die on here. There, I'm just telling you, there, man. But there is my point is is you can die on this hill if you want to, but it's not a take that is bold enough for you to die. Like we all could, you don't know. 
And I'm just telling you. Nor do NBA I dude. know. The book There's is a large written. enough sample size. There's a large enough sample size. That dude is not an NBA player. That, that dude makes things happen. That I want people that are active who oh, who make winning plays. Teams Listen. need players. No, I'm going to finish. Teams <laughs> need players that make hustle plays. That guy has it in space. He is Fine. the guy that you want in your corner and on your Fine. team. Ship him to Portland. Get him to Utah. Get him somewhere else. Give me Trey Jemison because he made hustle plays all night against the Cavs. That dude is big. He actually plays in the that's, post. Get David Roddy out of here, man. Miss okay. me with that ball. That's not, We're that moving on. Play the same position. We're, well, he has Apples to play in the post. Get that bum out of here, man. He Miss is me with not that. a post player, and you know that. But he's been playing in the post because we have no other options. Get that ball yeah, out of here. No, so, uh, that is exactly my point. No other options. He's playing out of position if he's in the post. That's not on the, him. Even when he's playing a three, he is out of position in the NBA. That dude is not an NBA player. Nah. Not an NBA well, player. I will stand that by deal. that. All right, fine. Well, hey, listen, this is February the 1st, 2024. February the 1st, 2025, or 2nd, 3rd, whatever that two, that Thursday is. We'll talk about this again when he's not an We've NBA We've done player. this but, same conversation before, and you came on here and apologized. But I'm not anymore because he's not good. <laughs> he's not good. He's not an NBA player. All right. Anyway, I'm done talking about David Roddy. He's a bum. So we're five. We're five and a half games out of the play-in, which is wild, man. Like Pete Pranica tweeted out today. Like we have missed 101 games. We've had players miss 101 games in January because of injury. That's across all of our injured players. That is more than 14 teams have missed all year. A great example is I wrote the recap for the King game on Monday night. They have had five different lineups this year. We're in January. They've had or February now. They've had five different lineups. We've had twenty-eight now, twenty-nine different lineups because of an injury. But we're only five and a half games out of the play-in, and a lot of that, large part of that, is due to Taylor Jenkins. You know, I've been rough on Taylor Jenkins. I still think he mismanages rotations and players. I still think there are things that he can do better. But my boy is in the conf- in the conversation for the Western Conference. Coach of the month because he's done a phenomenal job. Drew, we were, we were eight and seven in January. I'll say this: Taylor Jenkins. I, again, I've been hard on him, so I want to come on this show and say that Taylor Jenkins has done a phenomenal job in January. But shout out Sean Coleman, Statty Sean, according to the Daily Grind, made a phenomenal point. Listen to this. I thought this was an interesting stat. Right. So Jaron Jackson Jr. has had the same amount of forty-plus point games as he has fouled out, right, in the last calendar year. So this was as of two days ago. He has had two 40-plus point games. He has fouled out twice. He has not fouled out in over 10 months. That's 56 games. Why in the world do you keep pulling him when we're in, like, the final five minutes he gets that fifth foul? The Kings game Monday night. Like, again, these games don't matter. We're in January. I, want to, I do want to talk a little bit about how much fun Grizz games are when it doesn't matter because we're just like, we're just, we're playing with house money. We're playing with a bunch of 10 day and two way players. But why are you pulling trip with that when he gets that fifth foul and we have an opportunity to win a game against a very good Kings, a Kings team that we had no business beating? Like, make it make sense. Like, again, he's doing the best he can with what he has to work with. But leave Jaron in until he freaking fouls out. He's fouled out twice in the last 50 now what? So we've played two games since then, so 58 games. Leave his butt in there. That's a whole other conversation about trip and maturity level and quit with these stupid sloppy fouls. But leave his butt in there with that fifth foul, man. He doesn't foul out often. Why are we pulling him with three minutes and 43 seconds to go in a one-point game and putting him back in with two minutes to go, and it's an eight-point game? 
He's our best player. Leave his butt out there with that. If he gets that six foul, so be it. He also might go for 40. It's the same likelihood to go for 40 as he does to foul out. Why are we pulling trip in these clutch moments when he gets that fifth foul? You done? I'm done. That's my only gripe. Again, again, like I, no, I, I'm pro no, Taylor no. Jenkins. You said you were done. You said I'm you done. were done. That's my You're gripe. You're done. You're done. done. That's my gripe. Now I'm starting. It is so frustrating to me that you have to lead up this conversation about Taylor Jenkins, talking about how great he's been, despite having like seven active players on the roster. He had a winning record in January. A His January schedule included games against Golden State and the Clippers and Miami and the Kings. And, I mean, just a gauntlet of playoff teams. He went with a winning record with Jared Jackson Jr., Gigi Jackson, me and you and my daughter playing. You you build him up like this just to gripe about one obvious coaching mistake. It was an obvious mistake. He should not have done it. However, I'm going to give you a possible, if not probable, reason that was decision was made and it wasn't a mistake. But you get on here, you focus. That's my gripe with Grizzlies Twitter right now in relation to Jenkins is – you they focus so much on the few things that he does well that he does wrong that you miss the forest for the trees altogether. You it is not appreciated what he does for this team and the culture that he has built. Quit gasping, you're not getting in right now. I'm gonna I'm, not, I'm wait I'm waiting okay. my turn. You just keep that sharp exhaling and you can have your chance in a minute. But what he has done is – Hey, real quick, though, buckle up. This no. is going to be a long show. This is going to be a long show, so buckle up. <laughs> oh, geez, we're at an hour already. All right, so we – he has built a culture, a team. Him and Climate together have built a whole team and built a whole system and culture that allows for people on the end of the bench to come in and succeed to the point to where they get NBA contracts and they win games that they should not win. No math, no fortune teller, nothing could ever predict that they go and win a game against Golden State or they go win in Miami. And he never gets any credit for this. But let heaven forbid, Jaron Jackson with five fouls gets sit down with three minutes to go in a virtually tie basketball game. And he gets absolutely barbecued when we lose to a team that is head and shoulders better than us. Now, let me let me be clear here. Yes, you let Jaron Jackson Jr. foul out of that game before you foul him out with five fouls. Because Taylor Jenkins fouled Jaron Jackson Jr. out of that game with five fouls. I get it. Okay? it's But that is not a Taylor Jenkins philosophy. That is an NBA coach's philosophy mm. that is just totally backwards. Every coach does it. They sit their best players when they get in foul trouble to the point to where they lose games because they might as well. I mean, if you're not in the game, you're not in the game. And so why take them out of the game before they are disqualified? That is a coaching practice that is questionable across the league. Sit down and watch games that aren't Grizzlies games. It happens everywhere. However, the Grizzlies are down Ja, Dez, Marcus Smart, Steven Adams. The laundry list goes on. Half of those are not getting back this year. And I, I don't think it hurt their feelings that to lose that game. I think Zach Kleiman saw Jaron Jackson Jr. go out of that game and was like, that's what I wanted to see. 
you don't steal a game at home. You keep that game in the loss column. Yes, nobody likes to lose, but it was not the in Zach Kleiman's point of view. I'm going to give him the blame here and say that it was not, um, it was not ill-advised to bench Jared in that moment. But don't let that distract you from my original point to where don't gripe about Taylor Jenkins every little bitty single thing that you don't like about him and also fail to respect the amazing basketball coach and team builder and leader he is for this franchise that allows players like Gigi Jackson and Vince Williams Jr. and Scottie Pippen Jr. and uh, – John Conchar and Santi Aldama, all these other two-way guys who have gotten contracts because of this dude and how he runs and how he leads and how he coaches up and the culture that he has on this team. Don't I would put skin. I would put I would put more of that maybe on Jason March, the head coach of the Hustle, because he's developed these guys and brought them up to make him this. And my that's, thing is, here's here's my that's, thing. That's, With if you're giving credit to Jason March, you're just trying not to give it to here's my thing my biggest gripe with all of you taylor jenkins apologists that think he's the second coming of the messiah is this like you cannot criticism you cannot criticize taylor jenkins at all he has done an admirable job you've done nothing but just bemoan me about criticizing taylor jenkins the last five minutes hang on on. it's my turn fair i'm saying you're being one wrong thing but you are not capture you are not capturing as a whole you are not you are not appreciating the good things you're only the bad i just said he was a western conference coach of the of the month candidate he's done a phenomenal job he's been dealt a crappy hand the hat's backwards it means we mean business right now yeah i'm standing on business with this i am a taylor jenkins fan i don't want the dude fired i'm sorry (laughs) that i don't think he's perfect i don't think he's like the second coming of pop he's pat riley he's phil jackson like he's not any of those dudes he makes mistakes this has been a problem in feast or famine whether we're good or not like he makes bad rotation decisions he makes bad lineup decisions just because we're in a famine part right now doesn't mean he is exempt from criticism yes he's done a phenomenal job the fact that he went eight and seven in january deserves all the props and credit in the world and there are things he can do better namely managing jaron jackson jr namely managing the one nba player you really have right now again we're seeing gg and some of these guys develop into that but Jaron is a world-class NBA player. Let that dude foul out. Don't pull that dude. I'm sorry that I don't think he's perfect and I have one gripe. I think I'm allowed to have a gripe about a guy one who gripe is a doing a great job. Like, I can bring up one negative thing about him and it not be the end of the world. Like, the guy has done a phenomenal job. I led yeah. with that because that's true. And he can be better. There are things let's, we can do better. Let's not like, that's minimize. a fine thing to say. Let's not minimize the amount of hate you've had by saying it was one thing. You're like, no, it's it's constant. You're always got something. Because he's been is, bad at managing rosters and lineups and rotations from the jump. That's been a thing, man. It's always been a thing. He's he is so bad at managing rosters that you get multiple two way guys who are nobodies. I don't know that that's not just Taylor at, at, Jenkins. It, that's not just Taylor Jenkins. Serviceable productive that, NBA like, players. Gigi Jackson is not Again, Gigi Jackson because you know of Taylor Jenkins. That dude but is just know, talented, man. But you know what? There are there are people who are fans of the Miami Heat 
who hate things that Eric Spolstra do, does. That's all I'm saying. Day. But I make one I'm complaint and all of a sudden I'm crucifying the guy. I just made a complaint. Yeah. There are things he can do better. No. Lead Jared's butt in the game. That's and all I'm asking. I gave you a perfectly reasonable explanation for that. But there are people who are Miami Heat fans who <laughs> who bellyache about rotation decisions that Eric Holster, Eric Spolster does. But heaven forbid you get on here and and you do that without just appreciating the good things he does. Because I'm telling I you, did. Right now, I appreciated all no, of it. No, let let me tell you right now. For every one thing that you complain about Taylor Jenkins, you should be praising him. Nine other times, you it's the opposite with you. It is the total opposite <laughs> with you, and it's the total opposite with every other Grizz Twitter fan on here who does nothing but blame Taylor Jenkins for every loss that we have when we're having eight dudes play. Eight you ever think that, that maybe don't... because you're in the minority that constantly defend him and allow no criticism, oh, I don't like th- I don't no criticism of Taylor Jenkins? Like, I don't think I'm cannot... in the minority at all. I think the uh, uh, the mi- like, think... you are in the minority. You are in the 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 loud, loud minority. You are of people who want to yeah, like make complaints. Like, you think this guy, I think like, you, you are think this absolute, guy's, you're in the minority so, with all the other Twitter oh trolls. Anthony all of the same shout people out, who don't tweet through the games are Listen, just looking at you and being like, yeah, mm. they just don't appreciate what they've got. This is why we don't get nice things. It's because we and, complain <laughs> about our perfectly good coach. Anthony saying, help me out here. My boy is lost it. You cannot criticize this coach one bit without Drew going off the rails about this. Like you again, can criticize him as long as you also can I though? appreciate because him. I praised him first. Like I appreciated what the you man's set, doing, and I think there things he can do better. You set him up to knock him oh down. I can't please you. Drew, hit me with that commercial. Let's go to those last segment, man, because I cannot uh, please yeah, you. So, uh, conversation. You can watch this show on <laughs> YouTube.com. Uh, pulling this up here. You've got me flustered. Uh, yeah, so every Friday, 3 o'clock, this post on the Bluff City Media YouTube, and you can uh, you can find that on the Bluff City page. By following on the YouTube, you will get access to all of our content, plus incredible creators that are on the Bluff City Media team. Don't miss a minute of all your Mid-South sports action, from the Grizzlies to the Memphis Tigers, all things SEC, and all the latest professional sports updates. Check us out on YouTube.com on the Bluff City Media page for all of this content. I'm I'm just big on being able to vocalize what someone's role is. I always mm. thought my best coaches were the people that let me know exactly what you expect from me. Now I might not like it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Right. But if you come to me man to man to say, this is how we're this is how we think we're gonna play you, bang, bang, bang. And and uh, hopefully everybody understands. I I'm not saying that this has not, not been done with this team. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying from my experience, we all have egos when we get to this game. Right. All of us. Every to the last person on the bench, you got an ego. But you're not gonna, we're not all of us can't be the man. Yeah. You're not you 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 gotta be able to say, okay, he's a man, but what do I do and what can I do to help us be good? And yeah. if it's vocalized to you, then you know exactly what I'm, and if I'm out there doing it. And now I'm not getting the result from you. Now we got we got to sit yeah. down and have another conversation. Mm-hmm. But as long as it is told to you, this is what we expect from you. This is how we want you to play. Then then I, I feel like, again, keeping his logo. Right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Right. Tune in to The Anthony Sane Show, Wednesdays and Fridays at 12 p.m. weekly on the Bluff City Media YouTube channel. All right, Christian. Yes. You are Penny Hardaway. I'm not. Yes, you are. Okay. Today, you're going to play act. Okay? okay. Gabe, 
because you're a Jordan Brown apologist, you're going to be Jordan Brown. I'm a Jordan Brown apologist. Okay. Okay. I'll take that. Y'all are sitting across the room from each other. I said, don't tweet him hate. And he's like, you're an apologist. <laughs> like, good God. But either way, continue. We're in a room together. Why did things break down? Jordan, we brought you in this year to be the centerpiece of our offense. <laughs> <laughs> You came in out of shape. Let's call it what it is. Call a spade a spade. We play fast. Told you this when we were recruiting you. We play fast. One of the fastest paces in the country. You have to be able to get up and down the floor. You have failed at that. Oh, well, I'm leaving. So it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Tune in to On the Bluff with Christian Fowler and Gabe Kuhn every Tuesday at 12 p.m. on the Bluff City Media YouTube channel. Welcome back to the G-Buck Sports Show. We, this, <laughs> this conversation has not ended because we're in the chat during the, <laughs> during the, during the commercial break, just, just continuing this fight. But we've got to move on, Rusty. We've we got to move on, move man. On. We do. We've got a lot of other sports things to talk about. You know, Drew, we had some conference championships this past weekend where we decided who's going to play in the Super Bowl. I, I, bet against, I bet against Pat Mahomes, and I got burnt. I said that I wanted Detroit to win, and and I and but I knew I, I knew San Francisco that, yeah. was going to win. I, that was pretty obvious. That was a phenomenal football game. Yeah. San Fran had a great second half, but I mean Pat Mahomes and the Chiefs did their thing, man. Like they showed up, they played well, and they won, and they're going back to the Super Bowl. Like you said, this is good for entertainment <clears throat> because while the NFL is one A, Taylor Swift might be one B. Even though she's going to be across the world, across the globe in Japan. There's still a, a way she can make the Super Bowl, according to the Twitter trolls and deep yeah. Twitter. But, uh, Drew, two great football games. The Chiefs found a way to win. Uh, the 49ers scrapped back and won. I think it'll be a good Super Bowl. It's a rematch of 2020. I did see this on Twitter, and I'll shut up. I've talked a lot tonight. But it's 2022. It's 2020. The Chiefs and the 49ers are playing in the Super Bowl. There's a Final Fantasy video game coming out. There's an election year. It's Joe Biden versus Donald Trump. A global pandemic happens. It's 2024. Oh, no. No, we got this. the Chiefs and the Don't 49ers. I mean, the, the, there's another Final Fantasy coming out. It's Donald Trump versus Joe Biden, and here we are, 2.0. Drew, I just you tell me there's it. a pan- you're going to tell me that I'm going to be no. in uh, no. in South Carolina at spring break again. And I'm going to be told <laughs> that I'm not going back to college anymore. No, we're taking the tenfold hats off. This is a new year. Yeah. We got a Super Bowl matchup of the Chiefs and 49ers. I think it's going to be a great Super Bowl. Yeah. So, uh, listen, I watched the, the the weekend. The Sunday started off with Chiefs and Ravens, and I could not have been more disappointed in that game. You know, I wanted the Ravens to win. I told you I picked the Chiefs because because pick against Pat Mahomes at your own sure. risk. You know, um, Lamar Jackson, man, it was just an awful game. I felt like it was awful all the way around. He was bad. Harbaugh was bad. The uh. Todd Monken was horrible. They led the NFL in rushing last year, and then Gus Edwards touched the yeah. ball. Th- had three rushes, five rushes the whole game. They did not awful. establish run. They didn't try to run the ball. It just it felt mismanaged. And and Lamar Jackson's getting a lot of hate over it. And and he did not step up. Don't get me wrong. He was really bad. Uh, but his offensive coordinator and the game plan on offense did not do him any favors. And you've got to play perfect when you play Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs and Andy yeah. Reid and 
Taylor Swift. Uh, you've got to play perfectly. And uh, they didn't do that. And uh, the score looked closer than it was. A late right. a late score for Baltimore and a failed onside kick sealed it. Um, mm-hmm. I hate it because, you know, you kind of root for new blood. But I'm, I'm all in on the Chiefs, man. <laughs> I'm all Give me in. Jason Kelsey, man. Let's go. <laughs> no, no. I'm, I'm team T-Swizzle on this one, baby. She's it, the, the crowd has gone way too far against her, and I don't understand. I know. Call it Cowherd, love him or hate him. You only do one or the other. He's one of right. those polarizing right. guys. But he went on a – I don't want to be the guy that agrees with Colin Cowherd, but I was thinking it wow. before he said it, but he provided stats. So I've always – I've been the guy that was like, listen, all these people, Rusty included, all these <laughs> who just get so violently angry over showing Taylor Swift over – Okay. But there are people who get violently angry over sure. over showing Taylor Swift on a broadcast. He had the stats. I'm going to use his stats, although I I had these thoughts myself. So I don't want to think you're I'm piggybacking <laughs> off of Colin Cowherd of all people. Sure. But he said that on average on an NFL game, the clip the the shots to her in the family box, whatever has totaled, on average, 25 seconds per broadcast. <laughs> this is just total outlandish behavior for people who are just – I work with a guy, big Chiefs fan. We took uh, – we printed out Taylor Swift pictures at work today and posted them, put them on his truck, <laughs> put them on his chair at work, and he, he is to- so totally against anything Taylor Swift-related in regards to the Kansas Chiefs. He hates it. And, it, and I'm so leaning into it now because it's going so far left. That he's, he's Colin Coward said the most that Taylor Swift has ever been put on TV in a single game while attending a Chiefs game with to support Travis Kelsey has been one minute, one minute of, of coverage on the TV. And he says, and let's be honest here, the football is only like 17 minutes of football you're watching with the clock running and actual nap to end of play. You're only watching like 17 minutes of football. <laughs> right. You're watching a four-hour broadcast in only 25 seconds on average is Taylor Swift, and y'all are all that butthurt about it. <laughs> and the tinfoil hat people saying it's a conspiracy, I I hate you. Like, <laughs> this is some sort of deep, deep state conspiracy between the NFL and <laughs> – you know, Amazon music or Taylor Swift or whatever, just just go find something else to be mad about. Good Lord. <laughs> go get kick off. Rocks. Like yeah. to to connect those dots, man. Yeah. It 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 genuine I'm a fan of happiness. And it genuinely seems when the, <laughs> she goes down on the field and they hug each other, this is obviously not a show, okay? Can we just sure. let people be happy without just being <laughs> outraged over something so stupid? I mean, we're already li- living and dying over a sport played by men that we don't know in a city <laughs> that we don't live in over a sp- over something that, in the grand scheme of things, don't matter. We're going to take that a step further and hate Taylor Swift being shown on TV. Like, it is just the most asinine thing I've ever heard in my life. I, Uncle Buck I is spicy tonight. I, I am so on Kansas City right now. I'm actually, I'm rooting for him. I mean, <laughs> give me Kansas City. And I'm going against all of Mississippi here who's cheering for the white running back. No, give me Taylor Swift. <laughs> 
Oh, I got, I got cousins Buck that's is like on on tonight. I've got cousins that are like, I'm cheering for the 49ers. Like, why? Christian McCaffrey. <laughs> oh my God, Uncle Buck is setting Mississippi back to 1951. But we're, oh, it ain't we're, me. I'm just, I'm just shining a light on it here. Okay. Here's the thing. I think it's going to be a great Super Bowl. In 2020, great Super Bowl. 49ers Chiefs are a great matchup. Two offensive-driven yes, teams. Yes. The 49ers defense is great. Chris Jones is an elite defender on the Chiefs. Like There are some great, great matchups here. It's going to be a great football game. I think we're going to have a great Super Bowl. I'm probably going to be watching with Uncle Buck. I think it's going to be yeah. a great time. We're going to have fun. Um, Drew, I'm excited to watch what this happens. You know, Pat oh, yeah. Mahomes is next level. There's comparisons to greats here, right? Like what he's doing is un friggin' believable. And like, don't get swept up in the Taylor Swift stuff to miss out on the fact of like what Absolutely. Pat Mahomes is doing is super special. Oh, I've got a stat. All right. So if he wins the Super Bowl, have you seen this? Mm. If he wins this Super Bowl, Patrick Mahomes will have had more playoff wins than the sheriff. Peyton Manning. Wow. Peyton Manning's playoff record is 14 and 13. Patrick mm-hmm. Mahomes right now is 14 and 3 in the playoffs. <laughs> what? Two of that those is... losses are to the GOAT, Tom Brady, and one oh of them is gosh. to Joe Burrow. Yeah. He like, is think about one what win that away. is. Like growing up, you know, we I believe and I, I still believe that growing up, we lived in the best era of quarterback quarterbacks. Players. You had, 100%. you know, you had Peyton, you had Tom Brady, Eli. you had Eli. Uh, what I was going to say, Eli, I figured you would scoff. I was going to say Breeze, and yeah. you know, just the slingers. You know, Favre early on, Rogers. Yeah. Uh, for Patrick Mahomes to come in here in six years, go to six straight uh, AFC Championship games, to go to his fourth. Super Bowl, I believe this would be yeah. his fourth Super Bowl. Yes, this um, is his fourth. Yeah, because he lost one AFC to the Pats with uh mm. with Brady, and mm. lost one AFC championship to the uh uh Bengals, and then one Bengals. lost one Super Bowl to the Bucks and Tom right. Brady. Uh, for him to come in here in six years to make it to his fourth Super Bowl and to pass Peyton Manning, yeah, who is man. virtually like unanimous, like second. Best quarterback mm-hmm. of all time, third. Yeah, you know if you want to yeah. put Montana second because of rings. Yeah, you know, uh, that's just that was an incredible stat that I saw. I mean, like to be that efficient in the playoffs is just wild. Like he's been in the league for six years and had his first road playoff game this year. Like that's just yeah. wild. Like what and went wild two and, and we're, I, I mean, we're we're appreciating. Yeah, like, I, I don't know that we're appreciating greatness enough, but you we're know, appreciating we're Taylor Jenkins. We're appreciating Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> We're yeah, just appreciating tonight. We're, this is an appreciation <laughs> podcast at an hour and 24 minutes. You know, guys, like, if y'all are still here, thank y'all for sticking with us. We're two goons from North Mississippi <laughs> that cannot shut up. And here we are still talking about the Super Bowl, still yeah. talking about sports at an hour and 23 minutes. The Especially later the podcast have, starts in the night, the longer we go. <laughs> Drew, we have had two-hour podcasts that didn't start till 10 o'clock on the East Coast when I was still yeah. in Myrtle Beach. We did one yeah. about the NCAA tournament that went all night. But I'll yeah. digress, man. All I'll say is watch the Super Bowl. It's going to be a good game this year. It's actually going to be a good football game, like the good yeah. 49ers defense what you versus want. that Chiefs offense. Exactly. exactly. It's what you want. You know, I make the I make the argument every year for March Madness to piggyback off of our bracket <laughs> that you just brought up. Uh, you know, you like the Cinderella stories. You like the Lions. Yeah. You like all that growing up, going up to the Super Bowl. And you always cheer for the storylines. But ultimately, when you get to the Super Bowl, you want the best matchup. And I, yeah. I truly feel like these are the two best it. teams that you've got. Uh, San Francisco has something to prove here because they will be called mm-hmm. frauds if they don't perform 
because right. they they should have lost two both games in the playoffs that they've played. Right. They should and have they're so them. talented to have a CMC, Debo, IU, Kittle, like Fred Warner, yeah. who is a friggin' human Trent missile. Yeah. Trent Williams, uh, Armstead, Nick Bosa. Like they've right. got some studs. And if they don't win this year, a hundred percent, like is the offensive analytics working in San Francisco if they don't find a way to win this year? Right. And which, uh, which is why wow, real will, quick stat on that real quick thing. I want to talk about like uh-huh. Mike Shanahan and Ed McCaffrey won three yeah. Super Bowls together. Right now, you got Kyle Shanahan and Christian McCaffrey that could become the first like father son duos to win Super Bowls in NFL history, which is just together. wild. Yeah. 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 Um, shoot, where was I going with this? Oh, uh, and the last thing I have to say about I want to circle back to this. We talked about coaching. Um, Lions head coach, uh, Dan Campbell. Uh, Dan Campbell. Uh, I want to go on record here and say that I absolutely loved. 100%. Going for it on fourth down. 100%. I, I hate it. I hate it. And it's my thing with uh, NBA referees. It gets, you know, you don't you don't make that foul call at the buzzer. Well, if it's a foul in the second quarter, it's a foul at the buzzer. If you're right. going to go for it on fourth down, that is your identity. You're not scared. You're going to go for it. You're going to put the pressure on the other team. If you're going to do that yeah. in game six, you're going to do that in game 16, then do it when it matters. And he yeah. did. And it. If Josh Reynolds does not drop both of those passes, we're not talking about San Francisco tonight. Yeah. Uh, and so Dan Campbell should get no blame at all for this. I loved it. I yeah. love the baldness of I would cheer for a college football team who employs Lane Kiffin. Like I love it. I love <laughs> yeah. being the aggressor in all situations. And yeah. so Dan Campbell, everybody, you know, I saw first take, which I mean not first take, uh the worst version of first take, which is uh uh, the morning show on ESPN hosted by Greenberg. Get up. Oh, oh yeah. Awful. Get up. Disgusting. Awful show. Yeah. Awful. They were like, uh, Greenberg, who I have uh, no respect for and don't care mm. for his opinions at all, was saying mm. it was coaching malpractice. And I was like, I disagree no. wholeheartedly. 100%. It, you're only talking about the coach if the player doesn't make that catch and it hit right. him in the hands twice. Man. And it's Josh Go Reynolds. down swinging. Josh Reynolds is a former Tennessee Titan who had great first quarters, but Anytime the game is on the line, that boy gets brick hands. He all of a sudden has linebacker hands. Why do he's you had go four for- drops all year? I watch this dude I know, in Tennessee. I know, I get he it. folds. I get it, he but- folds in big moments. Like that that throw that Goff made was unbelievable. Throw him all- open on his back shoulder, and he tries to catch it with his hands under instead of turning your hands over, catching the football with your hands like you're taught since grade school. If he turns those hands over, catches that football. We're having a completely different conversation yeah. about the Dan first Campbell being one- a genius. The first drop definitely was the reason why he dropped the second one because he was yeah. he was he had tight booty hole, you know, when that when that second ball came. He got in his head. Yeah. He got in his head. He got upset and he dropped the football when he had no business I, uh, dropping that football. Dan Campbell continues to be the coach that you want to play for, man. You talk I have hundred Dan Campbell is that dude, man. And yeah. I won't this podcast I won't stand, you know, I, I get right. on my soapbox for Taylor Jenkins. Just try besmirching Dan Campbell. <laughs> just try. I will Listen. I will hit that red button right now. <laughs> <laughs> We're at an hour and a half and I am not I am pro Dan Campbell. We're shutting this podcast down. Drew, 
What a great show. If y'all are still here with us in an hour and a half, like we have rambled on for, for eons about sports. Hey, and about this was things good content for an hour and a half. We did not waste great your content. hour and a half. If you're, you here. got what you paid for tonight. Thank y'all <laughs> yeah. for being here. If you're still here an hour and a half, check us out at bluffcitymedia.co. Buy some Tell merch. merch. Yeah. yeah. Buy some merch at bluffcityandmerch.com. Bluff City Media. Excuse me. Let me start over. Bluff oh, City oh, oh, merch. Wait, 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 wait. Hit it with it. Welcome to the Two Bucks Sports <laughs> Show. We get Marvel Mouth and we butcher this thing. We're an hour and a half in. I am tired. It's 1036. It's an hour and a half past my bedtime. Check us out. BluffCityMerch.com. There's some great merch representing the city of Memphis, representing your favorite teams, your favorite shows, podcasts, personalities on this network. Our merch is coming. Be patient. It's definitely coming. We're going to pop up on there. Uh, in the meantime, find us wherever you get your podcast. There are no refunds for anything you hear on this podcast. And why is that, Uncle Buck? Because with the Two Bucks Sports Show, you always get what you pay for. See you guys See y'all on Friday. Next, see y'all next Friday. Let's go. Thank you for listening to the Two Bucks Sports Show. If you enjoyed this episode, leave a rating and a review wherever you download your podcasts. Also, like and subscribe to Bluff City Media's YouTube page. For comprehensive coverage of all things Memphis sports, head over to www.bluffcitymedia.co and find out how you can become an insider. We will see you back here next time.